Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 24. In today's episode, we are going to spend some time unpacking reverse dieting. Now, there is a ton of stuff that I want to talk about today, and I'm going to try and keep my thoughts organized, but I do have like three or four pages of notes in front of me that I'm probably going to be going back and forth on because I want you guys to really understand what it is, when you need to use it, if you need to use it, and how to apply it in your own journey. So first and foremost, before I start getting into reverse dieting, I want to take a quick second just to remind you guys of the process of dieting and or nutrition periodization. Now, I've said this before to a lot of my clients is you cannot diet forever. You cannot be in a calorie deficit forever. So it's important for people to kind of map map out their, their timeline for the different periods of their nutrition periodization that are going to be focused on different things. So there's a pre-phase where you're going to actually be focusing on just setting yourself up for success on your diet. That's getting yourself ready, taking a look at your lifestyle, taking a look at your stress levels and assessing where your maintenance calories are. And then from there, you're going to go into the dieting phase, which is you're actually manipulating calories or manipulating uh, your calorie expenditure to see changes in your body composition. Then you've got your recovery phase where you're going to be spending, well, I take that back. Then you have your maintenance phase where you're going to be actually maintaining your new body weight, maintaining your new body physique. And then you go into the recovery phase where we are kind of doing the quote unquote reverse diet, restoring hormone function, bringing your calories back up to maintenance, and then getting you into your off season period where you're just not really thinking so much about nutrition. You're living your life the way you want to. And, and that's kind of something that you can use over and over again. It's not a yo-yo. It's a deliberate manipulation of calories. And if it's done properly, it's done in a very slow and gradual way to where it doesn't create a lot of, you know, I, I don't, a lot of swings in, in hormone function or anything crazy in your body. So the goal is whatever you're making manipulation to calories, you don't really want your body to notice it so quickly. So um, that's a little bit of nutrition periodization, but let's talk specifically about the process of dieting, that, that period of your time that you're spending in the calorie deficit. And I guess for lack of better terms, also the calorie surplus, if your goal is to build, mus- build muscle. So you have three energy states. You've got calorie maintenance. That's your calories are what you need. You're eating the amount of calories that you need to sustain your body weight. You're not eating more than you need, or you're not eating less than you need. You're, you're able to maintain your body weight. That's calorie maintenance. And whether you're on one of the, exp- on, on one end of the, on one end of the spectrum or the other, whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, you always want to know where your calorie maintenance is. And there's two ways you or there's one way you're going to find that first things first, you need to get your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. This is your body's calorie needs at complete rest. Um, not even really factoring in, you know, things like moving around. It's, it's literally just pumping blood, cell function, um, the things that you're not really in control. Think of it like the involuntary movements of your body. That is your BMR. So you want to establish your basal metabolic rate. From there, you want to figure out your total daily energy expenditure, your TDEE. That's going to factor in your lifestyle, meaning not just your exercise activity, but what your non-exercise activity is like. What type of a job do you have? Are you physically active all day? Are you running around chasing kids? Things like, are you breastfeeding if you're a mom? Like all of those things factor into um, your energy expenditure outside of just your BMR. So there's a multiplier that you're going to use, but a good rule of thumb is like for most people, very sedentary is like 10 that can go all the way up to like 19 or 20. So um, if you're not eating at least 10 to 12 calories per pound of body weight, you're probably, and this is for like the typical close to your body weight or your goal body weight, then you probably 
are under eating. So that's kind of a good, easy way for you guys to figure out about where your calorie balance or calorie maintenance is based on the individual, based on activity. There's really no calculator out there that's going to give you a set in stone exact number. It's kind of a, a science in, I call it kind of like the cook versus the baker. So the baker has a specific recipe that if you're off by even just a little bit, you're going to mess up the recipe. Whereas a chef can add a little bit too much, can take a little bit out, and it still comes out pretty good. So when you're thinking of establishing calorie maintenance, think of yourself like a chef and it's going to be kind of a case by case basis and you're going to give or take. But most importantly, you want to think about eating enough calories to where you're not restricted in life. You're able to somewhat be modest and be moderate. Um, your hormones are healthy. You get good sleep. Your performance in the gym is good. Your energy levels are good. Uh, all of that stuff is a good sign that you're in a good calorie maintenance. So once you've established that, now we are going to deliberately drop calories and or preferably one or the other. Um, we're going to drop calories by about 10 to 15 percent to put you into a slight calorie deficit. Uh, or maybe you're going to be increasing activity depending on where you're at in the calorie needs. From there, that's now establishing your calorie deficit. That's going to help generate a fat loss. Now, once again, if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, you'd be doing the opposite. Let's just try, let's just say you're trying to build lean mass, then your goal would be to slightly increase. And I'll go more specifically on that aspect of this in a different episode. I want to really focus on those of you guys out there that are like, I really just want to get a little bit leaner. Um, or maybe you have a considerable, amount of, a considerable amount of weight to lose. And this is really for you. So now that we've dropped calories, we, we have a starting set of number for our calorie deficit. Over time, you know, you're hopefully going to be seeing progress on the scale, progress in, the, in, the, in your photos. Um, but other things are going to happen, not just with what's going on with your goal. Your metabolism, your metabolism is going to adapt as you go for a couple of reasons. One, you are lighter, so your body burns less calories at rest because it has less mass to move. Two, you have less energy available, so your metabolism is going to be getting signals that it has to sometimes somewhat conserve some energy to prevent um, starvation. It's not starvation mode. Think of it more like your body's just trying to be more efficient with the energy available. So that's really the goal of your body whenever you're in a calorie deficit. Let's just kind of make sure that whatever energy we have, we're going to be able to use it the best way possible. And this means that you're probably going to be seeing a slight decrease in performance. You might not even notice it, um, but in a more severe calorie deficit or a longer period of calorie deficit, you might notice it a little bit more. Um, your non-exercise activity without even thinking about it is going to go down. And all of these things are going to happen that are going to make your, your body just not being in an optimal state for survival. That's just a part of dieting. There's nothing you can really do to stop it, but you can do things to slow the process of it down and or maybe prevent it from happening or blunt the effects of it. And, and that's why I really preach to all of my clients moderation and sustainability over a fast crash. You know, there are going to be things that I'm like, all right, it's it's time to get cut. It's time to get, you know, let's let's push. You got a specific event or something that you want to shoot for or on a specific timeline. But for the most part, if I can, I'm looking for, you know, you guys have to understand that like this is your life and your livelihood. There's no rush to the finish line if you're enjoying the process. If you're enjoying the ride you're on, then that's important. So most of my clients are hopefully not in a place of such severe restriction that they they feel like they can't live their life to their fullest. Obviously, there's going to be a level of restriction, quote unquote, but it shouldn't be so much that it's literally affecting their daily life. So that's kind of the process of dieting. And as you're going down, as you're as you're losing weight, your metabolism is going to adapt. So you have to start dropping calories more. 
what started off working is slowly going to require less energy. So you're going to end up having to cut more energy out in order to get more of a calorie deficit. Your body is adapting every time you make those drops. I'm going to take a pause here and take a sip of my coffee. Mm, guys, coffee is amazing. I, I'm like a two or three cup a day kind of a person, but I did switch to decaf after my morning coffee. So why am I kind of talking about this metabolic adaptation piece? Because this can really help some of you guys that are stuck in your calorie deficit and or not seeing results is oftentimes when a person doesn't understand this, they start off on a diet and they're like, I'm losing weight. And then all of a sudden it stops and they get frustrated. And what happens next is the yo-yo. The opposite happens. They give up and they decide to throw in the towel on the diet and they end up eating whatever they want. So let's just say a 150 pound woman loses 10 pounds. She gets to 140 and then she stalls and she gives up. She gets frustrated. And let's just say she gains weight back again. Her metabolism has now adapted to that lower number if she hasn't appropriately changed habits and or increased activity to prevent that. So what will happen is now she's going to gain weight. She's got more fat cells in her body and it's going to make it harder for her to diet again. So let's just say she gains 100 and she goes back up to 155 pounds and she decides I'm going to go back on that same diet again. And this time it doesn't work as long. Your body is very smart and it's going to know exactly what you're doing the second time around. And it's going to know exactly what you're doing the third time around. And before you know it, the fourth or fifth time around, it's not going to be effective at all. And this is where reverse dieting can be so helpful. It's also why when I get a client to their goal weight or they're close to their goal weight, I start to talk about this process of reverse dieting because it's important for them to understand that this is so crucial to them maintaining those results. Now, as I mentioned, with most of my people, I try to make sure that my calorie adjustments are not as detrimental to their overall health and well-being so that it shouldn't be a huge shift from where they are. It should be bringing up calories until they feel good and that they feel like they don't have to track everything. They, don't, they can be a little bit more, more moderate. And that's the goal. It is important to know that you need to think about how long you've been dieting to know how long you need to be reverse dieting for because your metabolism, as I said, has adapted and it's not going to, it's not going to unadapt very quickly. It, it takes time. So if you've literally been dieting for 12 to 16 weeks, your reverse diet is probably going to take you 12 to 16 weeks, maybe not that long, maybe a little bit longer. It really does depends on the metabolic health of the person and the activity level and all of those things. So that's kind of the process of dieting. And as I'm kind of already segueing into this next process, which is, uh, the reverse part of it. So I'm going to talk now about the, the application or who is reciting for. And I, I mentioned two specific people in that example that I just gave you guys. Quick sip of my coffee. Okay, so let's just say you've got that person who has been yo-yo dieting for quite some time, four, five, six times, and they're frustrated. They're, you know, they just feel like they can't figure out anything. They literally look at food and they gain weight. That person, I know you know who I'm talking about. Um, and they just can't seem to figure out why. Reverse dieting is probably what this person needs, but it's also probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, and it's hard because when you're not looking at calories and you're not trying to diet, you probably don't realize how much you're eating. And then when you actually are trying to dial things in, it becomes scary. And they're like, oh my God, I'm going to gain weight if I eat all this food. It's also part of reverse dieting that if a person is metabolically adapted, 
Sometimes they might gain two to five pounds. I would never want a person to gain more than five pounds in a reverse diet because then I'm doing something different. I'm now affecting their overall psychological health. You know, being, you know, being somebody that's like, I really want to lose weight weight. And I'm like, well, we're going to do a reverse diet. We're going to put on 10 pounds is not what I want for that person. But I am going to fo focus on some different lifestyle factors. As I mentioned, the other person, maybe they are at their goal weight and they're, they're where they want to be. You can't live in a calorie deficit forever. Like I said, your metabolism has adapted. And unless you're planning on eating the little amount of food that you're eating right now and never going back to a more moderate approach, you're going to need to reverse diet to teach your body how to eat more calories and how to utilize those calories. And in fact, you actually might still lose weight and or get leaner as you do that because your exercise activity is going to become more productive. Having more energy available, your body is now going to utilize those calories way better. So for those of you guys that are looking to get lean, but you're really close to your body weight, sometimes this reverse diet can really help you a ton. You might need a reverse diet. You might lean out by doing a reverse diet. So those are kind of the two uh, applications that I want to talk about specifically today. Um, so what exactly are we doing when we reverse dieting? The main goal of a reverse diet is, as I've kind of already talked about, is bringing calories up to maintenance. But why do we do that? Well, going back to what happens when we diet, your biofeedback is probably not as good as you want it to be. And if you've been in a dieting phase for a long time, you probably don't realize how shitty you feel <laughs> until you start to eat more food. And a good experiment for you guys to do is think about it this way. Uh, if you've been one of those people that are really good, uh, like Monday through Friday, like you really strict on your diet, but then like Saturday and Sunday, you know, you eat whatever you want. And then you come back to the gym on Monday and you feel like a, mil a million bucks, like you're super motivated and you feel super dialed in and all of this stuff. You just feel great. And then like Thursday or Friday comes and you're back to where you were again. It's a great experiment for those of you guys that have been kind of on that yo-yo to know that you might actually need a reverse diet. You might be more compliant with your nutrition on the weekends if you give yourself the grace to eat more on the weekdays. So, um, so as we're bringing calories back up to maintenance, we're going to be looking for some biofeedback. Um, first and foremost, any bad biofeedback we had, maybe it's lack of sleep, maybe you're getting bad blood biomarkers, um, you know, in hormone imbalances, all of those things. We're looking to bring all of those things up. And, and with that, you're probably going to feel an increase in energy, better sleep, better focus, all of that stuff. We're monitoring all of that stuff. We're also looking at hunger cues. So a lot of people in a, are living a life on a very calorie restricted diet for a long period of time don't have hunger cues anymore. They've dulled those. And, and so that's the person that's like, I'm eating a thousand calories and I'm just not hungry. We want hunger cues and we want to keep feeding you until those hunger cues become normalized. So it's probably going to go from having none to having a lot of hunger cues where they're almost overwhelming. We want to be feeding you until they become normalized again. We want to get you to a place of like understanding what it feels like to be slightly hungry before a meal, eat and feel satisfied and then go about your day. So we're looking for all of that stuff to get better. Guys, this stuff is so like, this is the stuff, the feedback that you guys don't think about that as a coach gets me so fired up because I want you guys to feel good. And this is the part of the diet that gets me excited. You're going back to living a normal life. Like you're not living in this misery, being afraid to eat a piece of bread. You know, this is, this is the stuff that matters. Now the goal is as you're doing this, we want to prevent weight gain. We obviously don't want to put on a bunch of weight. Um, so the goal would be like maintaining weight, maybe seeing some improvement in body composition, um, or just kind of staying the same. 
The goal really isn't weight loss. Sometimes weight loss does happen if the body responds really well. Um, but most often, more often than not, it's mostly just about like, hey, if you're eating a thousand calories and you're not losing weight, if I feed you 2000 calories and you're not losing weight, at least you feel better. <laughs> so it's like, I'd rather feed that person more for a period of time and get them feeling good. It's going to make their dieting phase way more successful. Oh, this is getting me so fired up. All right, guys. So kind of moving on. Um, what I really kind of wanted to focus on here is what happens when we are feeding our body more. So I kind of already mentioned about, you know, in the adaptation phase, BMR goes down, all this stuff goes down. The goal of this reverse diet is that BMR actually increases. Our work capacity is going to increase. Our non-exercise activity is going to increase because now we feel better. Um, and two of them that are actually often overlooked is the thermic effect of food and digestion. So oftentimes in a calorie deficit, especially if it's a very severe one, people are eating very little. So the volume of food is, is very little and food does require energy to break down. So the other thing that happens is with this reverse diet, creating a metabolic thermogenesis, AKA we're going to be burning more calories. We're going to be burning up those calories and that energy is digestion and thermic effective food start to play a factor as well. So by eating more, we're just burning more because our body's working harder to digest that stuff. So that's kind of giving you guys a little bit more of the education on what happens in that reverse diet. It should be something that is, I don't want to say it's exciting, but like, dude, if you're living in misery, like this, this might be your ticket to like living a better life, feeling moderate moderation and, and understanding what it looks like to eat healthy. And, you know, kind of as I'm kind of segueing into the next piece of this is that's such a huge thing for me is, is during this period, I'm getting this person to understand the importance of eating protein and, and eating enough protein. It's not just calories. It's, it's also looking at like making sure they understand what a healthy diet looks like. So, you know, a lot of times our food choices are affected by things like ec economics, like economical considerations, um, you know, food availability, cultural stuff. Um, just lack of knowledge of what it looks like to eat a healthy meal. So even in this reverse diet, I'm teaching people how to eat. And that's why I often will say, I like to teach people how to eat, not how to diet. Because if I teach you how to eat, now I can teach you how to diet. So that's kind of where this piece can be so exciting for me. Suddenly the person that's afraid to eat carbs is taught how to build a balanced meal and incorporating all food groups. You know, and, and there's other specific cases where I know I have to be a little bit more careful about what kinds of foods I'm feeding based on medical conditions. Um, but the other goal of this piece of their, of their journey of this reverse diet is also a reverse in activity level. And this is a piece that's often overlooked, but I really preach it. So, uh, kind of going, you know, taking a little segment into explaining the history of reverse dieting, reverse dieting was often used in the bodybuilding community and still is after people get on stage and they're super lean and shredded to prevent like the rebound weight gain. So they literally had been living in a severe calorie deficit, burning the candle at both ends, trying to get as lean and as shredded as possible. This reverse diet can hopefully blunt any significant fat gain while they're bringing calories back up to maintenance and getting themselves back into a muscle building phase. So that's kind of where this came from. So that person might actually be decreasing cardiovascular activity and actually increasing strength training. On the flip side of things, if I have somebody that's met metabolism is very adapted, uh, they live a very sedentary life, they're eating very little calories. As I'm bringing calories up, I'm not going to be pushing this person to go jump around and do high intensity, but I am going to be like, hey, 
let's get you like lifting some weights. Let's get you doing some more non-exercise activity. Let's get you taking some walks. Let's just kind of look at your lifestyle as a whole and also fix those things as well. So as much as I'm a nutrition coach, my nutrition application is only a piece of the puzzle. I've got to look at this person as a whole to identify how to make their nutrition work with them. So God, I'm getting so fired up about this. Okay. So now we're like looking at fixing lifestyle considerations that are going to help that person. There's some things we can't control, right? I can't take a person that lives a very stressful job or has a very stressful job and tell them just to quit their job. Right. But I can teach them ways to you know, help them cool down at night and and de-stress a little bit, teaching them about being mindful about, you know, how often you're looking at your phone and stuff like that. So that's all part of the reverse diet too, is also looking at reversing their lifestyle as well. Some people take on to this really quickly and oftentimes when they're given more energy, it actually boosts their motivation to do other things. You know, when you're chronically in a depleted state, your body's kind of running on empty and it's just not as exciting to do a workout to go lift weights heavy, you know? So, um, a little bit of a tangent, but wanted to kind of under, wanted you guys to understand that there's also pieces of the reverse diet that aren't just nutrition related. I know I've talked a little bit about the application of it, but I'm going to kind of just reiterate that again is, you know, you've got the application for the, the client who is possibly, you know, very metabolically adapted, not seeing any really any results and needs something to change. And this might be the change for you. Um, the other person is like, you reached your goal weight and and now you're trying to get back to normalcy and you want to kind of build more moderation in. But the third one is maybe you are somebody who is really close to where you want to be weight wise, um, but you just want to see a change in your body composition. Sometimes a reverse diet can help increase your activity in the gym. You might be pushing a little bit harder. So you will see a little bit more of a muscle build and you might shred a little bit of fat just by changing up some macronutrient um, amounts. So next piece is how do we do it? And, and this is kind of the final piece of this. And I don't really want to get too far into depth on each piece of it, but I want to kind of give you guys the process of it. First and foremost, you need to be tracking your food. You need to have some way of tracking it, whether you're eyeballing things, whether you're and eating the same thing pretty similarly, you know what it looks like to eat four ounces of chicken and you know what it looks like to eat about, you know, a cup of oatmeal, like you understand that stuff. So you need to have an idea of how many calories you're currently taking in, because let's just say I figure out your, you know, your TDE or total daily energy expenditure, and it's, you know, a thousand calories over what you're eating now. I'm not going to just jump somebody up to that. So I want to know where you're at right now. So once we know where you're at, we're going to establish your maintenance calories going by the formula that I told you guys in the beginning, looking at BMR, uh, figure out the total daily energy expenditure and knowing where about maintenance is. From there, we are going to slowly start to dial up calories in a, in a way that's moderate and doesn't hopefully create a huge fluctuation on the scale and allows that person to slowly start to feel better. We're looking for an improvement in biofeedback from a week-to-week basis. Now, with that being said, you might initially start to get a little bit of water retention from increasing carbohydrates. Remind yourself that Every gram of carbs you eat can store up to three to four grams of water. So if you're increasing carbohydrates, your body's going to be holding on to water. You're not gaining fat. You're not getting fatter. You're just holding on to a little bit of water from that. And it's going to end up being sort of glycogen, which your body will utilize later on. So that might happen. Little sip of my coffee. Hmm. I'm doing good on time too. All right, guys, we got the maintenance calories established. We know where about you're at. We know where we want to go. 
Now we're trying to bring up the calories, but now we're also dialing in the macronutrients. And the first macronutrient I'm dialing in is your protein. I've got to get you eating enough protein. Where your protein should be is probably about a gram per pound of body weight. That's a good estimation. Uh, unless you have a significant amount of weight to lose, then I'm going to shoot for about a gram per pound of goal body weight or slightly under that. So if uh, let's just say I have a 300 pound guy trying to get down to 225, I'm not going to have me 300 grams of protein unless he really wants to. Probably going to shoot him off uh, somewhere around 200 to 225. It's going to make him feel satisfied. It's going to help normalize hunger hormones in the gut and stuff like that. So that's something that I'm going to be doing next is the protein. From there, I'm going to be breaking down the calories from carbs and fats based on that person's lifestyle and habits. Um, typically, I'm going to push my uh, people that are currently exercising and training and working to build muscle on a little bit higher carb, lower, moderate fat um, diet. Those of you that are very sedentary, I might keep carbs a little bit lower, but slowly start to tweak things, bringing fat down, bringing carbs up, because I want to get you guys utilizing those carbohydrates more. My goal in my reverse diet for my sedentary clients is to get them to be less sedentary. I want to get you guys moving more. And I know that if I feed you guys more carbs, you can. So I'm I'm assessing biofeedback along the way. I'm also looking at things like, you know, um, if it is a very sedentary person, I'm probably looking at things like fasted blood glucose levels if I really want to get scientific with them, um, just to make sure their body's tolerating the increase in calories and carbs. But for most people, it's just like, are you waking up feeling energized? Are you going to bed feeling good? Are you sleeping well through the night? Um, you know, motivation, all of this stuff I'm looking at. And I'm making tweaks on a number of things over time, like how long is this going to take, right, to bring into the calorie maintenance. It's going to really depend on the person and their willingness to be their, I guess, their motivation, right? So um, it's often scary to go from a thousand calories to two thousand calories, right? But I have one person that's going to be like, rip the bandit off, bring me up quick, and the other person's like, let's go a little bit slower. The slower approach is going to take longer but it might be more sustainable mentally for that person. The faster approach is going to be faster, but you might gain two or three pounds. So it really depends on the person and what they're willing to actually do to do that. And as I mentioned, I'm just monitoring feedback along the way. Now, how do I know when I've reached maintenance calories, this person, uh, this is really important. It's not a calculator and I have a calculation, like I've already mentioned, but that doesn't mean that that's where that person's going to stop. And it also doesn't mean that that's where that person's going to get to. I have to listen to a couple of things. So as I'm bringing calories up, chances are hunger is going to go up. Energy is going to go up. They're going to be starting to feel better. I'm looking for normalized hunger, hunger cues. I'm looking for uh, less time thinking about food or thinking about dieting. I'm looking for quality of life, right? Are they actually feeling good? Are they getting enough calories to perform in their job, to be able to go have a meal with their friends? Are they actually enjoying their life a little bit? So I'm looking at those factors. I know when a person has reached calorie maintenance, usually by a couple of things. One, they're gaining weight. So they're like all of a sudden starting to gain weight. Okay, I probably need to take it back a little bit. Two, they're just not interested in eating more food. They're like, I'm done. I don't need to eat any more food. I've got enough calories. Like if I eat any more, it's going to start pouring out of my eyes. Like <laughs> I'm not going to keep stuffing food in that person's face. Um... The next piece is, and this is kind of going to bring on the next piece is when, when the reverse diet has actually been longer than the actual diet. So this is going to kind of go into how long do you reverse diet for? Um, so those are kind of what I'm looking for to know when to stop bringing up calories. Now, as I'm ending this is how do I know how long to keep a person in calorie maintenance 
in this reverse diet. As I mentioned, once the reverse diet has been longer than your diet, you're probably good to go. More importantly, I know when this person is ready to go out of the reverse diet, and this is specific to those of you guys that are trying to use this as a tool to lose weight or lose fat and need this reverse diet as a break in that journey, is when biofeedback is really good um, and they've been at calorie maintenance, the goal is really as long as you've dieted consistently, you should now be in a reverse diet. So if you've been dieting for 12 weeks, the goal would be, can you reverse diet for 12 weeks? Can you be at calorie maintenance for 12 weeks before starting another cut? That is essentially what you need to be healthy, to feel like you don't have the urge to yo-yo, that you can actually enjoy your life. And, and it gives you more motivation to do what you want to do, which is get shredded and get lean and get healthy, whatever end of the spectrum you are on. That's kind of the reverse dieting 101. Um, I, like I said, I have like three pages of notes here. Um, and I feel like I kind of went over everything, but, um, I want to end this episode on a couple of things. First and foremost, I know that fat loss is complicated, but also very simple. And I'm going to remind you guys that number one, whenever your goal is fat loss, I want you to understand that there isn't a one way, one way approach to everything, but there is a one way approach to what works for you. And that's why I full heartedly believe in the individualization of nutrition coaching. And that is why I want to talk about this episode, because even though reverse dieting has applications across many different platforms, it's still going to obviously help a number of different people. So if you are on your nutrition journey and you're stuck and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, please reach out to me. I want to be able to help you by bringing more value to your life and teaching you the right way to diet for you. Now, this is not just a, uh, not just a plot for one-on-one coaching with me. I have other options available, like my Roadmap to Results group, which is a group-led program by me and another coach. Um, but more so, if you just want to connect and you just want to get some questions answered, I want to hear from you. So shoot me a DM, put a message in my, in my Facebook messenger box. Uh, even if you guys can, I would love to see that you're watching or listening to this by having you maybe take a screenshot of the episode um, on your phone and putting it in your Instagram stories and tagging me in it so that I know that you're listening. I want to hear, hey, Cheryl, I got value out of this. And if you are getting value out of my podcast or any of my other episodes, um, please make sure that you subscribe. I don't get paid to do this. I just love sharing education with you guys. So hopefully I gave you guys something to think about today with the reverse dieting. And uh, that's it, guys. Until next week.